It's time for the Smart Money Questions Podcast with Matt Hausman. This is the show that provides you with a sound financial education and helps you avoid financial pitfalls. Make sure you are asking the right questions by listening to the Smart Money Questions Podcast. Here it is, that time again, and now we are starting a new year. 2023 is here officially. Can't believe it. Time is flying, whether you're having fun or not, so you might as well have fun. I will probably say I was watching a little bit of the college football national championship last night. I don't think TCU was having any fun. Good night. If you're a college football fan, I don't know that I don't know that I've ever seen anything like that in a championship game. So it was um, Georgia, and for those of you that know, I'm a huge Florida Gator fan, so I wasn't really – I mean, I wanted Georgia to win, mainly because it's the SEC, but I sure as heck didn't want them to win like that. <laughs> that was an absolute whooping. All right, so let's jump into this. And, um, you know, every time – we hear it all the time leading up at the end of the year, coming into the new year – This is the time where most people, when we go into the new year, that calendar flips over. We're looking at setting new goals, you know, personal business, health, travel goals, maybe financial retirement goals, purchases we want, maybe a new skill we want to learn, something like that. But for some reason, the new year kicks us in to that mindset. And one thing that I would ask all of you is, you know, what are you looking for? to do, whether you are retired or whether you're not retired, how many of you actually go through that process? I know that I sat down, Maggie and I sit down, we kind of go through different things that we're wanting to uh, accomplish in, uh, in 2023. And that really gets us prepared for going in, uh, to the new year in, in all different aspects, but I'd love to hear from you. Shoot me an email info at smartmoneyquestions.com. Com. Let me know uh, what you are looking to do in, what are your goals in 2023? But I wanted to make sure, because I know I've talked about this in the past, been talking about it now for about 18 to 20 months, is there is something significant that happened at the end of the year. I believe it was actually signed on December 29th. And that was all we heard about was this huge bill that had to be passed to make sure that the government could stay funded. Uh, $1.7 trillion in the Consolidated Appropriations Act of 2023. But there was some significant legislation that was included in there that I'm going to go over today. One of the things I would encourage you and I encourage people all the time is it's really important to make sure that you understand your financial situation, the opportunities if you're still working, you know, the different retirement accounts that are there. This law, so before it was called the SECURE Act, and then they started talking about it in 2021, and that was the SECURE Act 2.0. And what they ended up doing with that bill at the very end of the year is they roped in the SECURE Act 2.0. Not all of it, but a lot of it, and it drastically changes things that went into effect on January 1 of 2023. So I'm going to go through some of the highlights there. Before we jump into all that, of course, everything I just said, let's make sure that we deal 
with the disclaimer. Please don't take any of the information or ideas or suggestions that I offer in today's show as direct advice for you. Please use it as information and education that you then can discuss with your advisor. Now, if you don't have an advisor or you would like for us to be your advisor, I'm more than happy to have that conversation with you. And it's real simple. All you have to do is go to www.speakwithmat.com. That's www.speakwithmat.com. And my online scheduler is right there. You can go right in. You can schedule a 15 or 30 minute phone conversation. And quite frankly, at the end of that first call, we're going to have a good idea. Does it make sense to have a second conversation? So again, very low key, go right into the online scheduler. You don't even have to get on the phone with anyone to schedule this. So again, speakwithmat.com, www.speakwithmat.com and schedule it there. So, all right, let's go ahead and get on to today's show. You know, I sat down with someone at the end of the year. We were going over things. She was still working. He had just retired and going over different parts of their financial life. And this is, this is not uncommon, but there was, they, they, there was no understanding on some of the rules and regulations around the different types of accounts they had. And the Secure Act 2.0 drastically changes things. So I would encourage you to make sure that you find out where your money is, especially if you are still working, what the plan is offering, uh, not only from an investment standpoint, but the type of plan it is. There's, there is a difference between a 401k, a 403b, a 457, an IRA. And of course, we have all of those versions in Roth. But so one of the things that did happen is that now the minimum distribution age, which under the original SECURE Act moved it from 70 and a half to 72, and now effective January 1 of this year, is if you are turning 72 after 1231 of 2022, your minimum distribution age increases to 73, and it's going to stay there until 1231 of 32. And that is where if you're 74 or older, now the minimum distribution age goes to 75. Now, why is that significant? Well, first of all, just to go back over, minimum distribution requirements are exactly that. At a certain age, out of your retirement accounts, you are going to have to take a percentage of money out and be taxed on it. So that's why it is significant. The other thing that is significant about them increasing that age is if it warrants, it will allow you to extend Roth conversion strategies. Keep in mind, with the minimum distribution requirement amount, that cannot be used in a Roth conversion. It would only be what's over. But if I am not at the age yet, of minimum distribution requirements, then that means during up to that point, I can be converting Roth if it makes sense. Okay, so that is that is very significant in them increasing that minimum distribution age. The other thing that they did, which this also was significant, is what happens if you miss your minimum distribution? Well, before the beginning of this year, the rule was if you missed the minimum distribution requirement, it was a 50% penalty on what you had to take out. If I if I my minimum distribution was 10 Gs, 
then that means if I missed it, the penalty was $5,000 plus the tax on the 10. Now what they've done is if you happen to miss it, they reduce it down to 25%. And if you correct it in a timely manner, of course, you know, what does that mean? <laughs> I would say within a couple years or within at least within the next tax year, that penalty is further reduced to 10%. Now, the other thing that is significant about this is for your heirs, when they inherit retirement accounts, a non-spousal inherited IRA or Roth IRA, the SECURE Act created distribution requirements for them along with a 10-year limit on those funds being able to stay in that tax-deferred status. This is a significant drop in the event that your heirs were to miss a requirement from one of those accounts that they have inherited. You guys have heard me talk about that a lot. If you run into that situation where you are going to inherit those type of dollars, it's very important that you understand there is a process that you have to go through to make sure that it is not all taxable in one tax year. Again, a non-spousal inherited IRA, sometimes called a beneficiary IRA, has very specific rules on how you inherit that money. Do not want to commingle it with any of your other retirement accounts that you own. Then it, There's no do-over if you mess this up. Okay, But again, this is a huge reduction in the penalties that have always been associated with minimum distribution requirements. Uh, the other thing that they did is they, they included a drastic increase to catch up contributions for those over the age of 50. And this is, I'm not going to go through each one, but this includes IRAs, Roth IRAs, 401ks, 403bs, 457s. Drastically increases if you're over the age of 50 on how much you can contribute in to those accounts. The other thing that they did is that for those that are, this is after, by the way, I need to make sure that not all of these go into effect on January 1 of this year. Some things go into effect in 2024 and 2025, okay? So one of the things that drastically increases for those that are 60, 61, and 62, and 63, is that after 2025, they're going to be able to increase it even more than the catch-up that is included at the age of 50. The other thing that they did with regards to 401ks, 403bs, and 457s, again, this is why it is so important for you to understand the type of account you are contributing to, is that depending on where your income is, the higher the income that you have is that those contributions, those catch-up contributions, are going to have to be made into the Roth side of the 401k or 403b or 457. Why? Because the government, obviously, let's go back. When you put money into a traditional 401k or IRA, you get tax relief today, fully taxable when you take it out. If you put it on the Roth side, you pay the tax today, grows tax-deferred, comes out tax-free. Which means if they're making you do the contribution into the Roth side because of where your income is, that means they are wanting that tax revenue from you today. 
Um, you guys have heard me talk about that all the time. Roths, in my opinion, are very important to have as part of your overall tax bucket diversification strategy. But this goes into effect now for that um, actually beginning in 2024 is when that would, would go into effect. So the other thing we have with all of these um, pre-tax retirement accounts is we know that there's what's called the 59 and a half rule, which means if you take money out of those accounts before that age, there is a 10% tax penalty plus the tax on the amount you are taking out. Okay, what this does now is there are more exceptions to remove the 10% penalty, which include disaster relief, domestic abuse, terminal illness, and emergency need. Now, this is where it is also very important that you are communicating. By the way, your HR, pro- HR department probably doesn't have all this yet because it just went into effect. It's only been out for a couple of weeks. But you want to have an, if you're going to be in that position, you want to understand the type of account you have and what exceptions are built in and what do you need to provide to show that, that, that you are exempted from that 10% penalty. By the way, I don't care how creative your accountant or CPA or how good you are with TurboTax, you are not getting out of that 10% penalty. I mean, that's going to happen. So again, if you, if you fall into those exceptions where you're going to be exempt of that, you want to make sure that you know exactly what is required to do that. The other thing is a lot of times I will get asked this um, from clients with kids and or clients that have grandkids and they are wanting to fund or they're asking the question, does it make sense to fund a 529 for educational purposes? I won't go in to uh, plus or minus with regards to that, but one of the things that is significant that they did and the couple I was just talking about, we were going over a 529 plan that they have. They have multiple kids and one of the children that has the 529, they're not going to use it. They're not going to need it. They're not going in that direction. So what happens to those funds? Well, now the 529 has the possibility of up to $35,000 rolled into a Roth IRA for that child. There's a couple requirements. One thing is the 529 has to have been open for over 15 years or longer. And this rule goes into effect in 2024. That is significant. So if you have a 529 plan for a child that is not going to use it or not use it all, once you hit that 15-year mark and beyond 2024, you can convert that to a Roth for them. The other thing would be is um, we don't talk about this a lot, but there's what's called a QLAC, a Qualified Life Annuity Contract. Long story short, it's a way to take a certain uh, part of your IRA assets that are going to be subject to minimum distribution, stick it into this certain type of annuity contract that removes that amount from the minimum distribution requirement until a certain age. What they have done now is they have repealed the amount that it used to be, and now you can go up to $200,000 into an account balance to buy a QLAC. Uh, the other thing, we have numerous clients that do this that are at the minimum distribution requirement age, and that is a charitable RMD contribution to a charity. There's a, also 
uh, just like the inherited IRAs. There's a very specific process for this. So right now, you can do up to $100,000 if your RMD is that high into a, in, to a charity. And what's nice about this, because the money goes directly from your IRA to the charity, it is not counted not only in your tax equation, but also in your MAGI calculation, which can increase your Medicare premiums. So again, the, uh, a QCD, a qualified charitable distribution, you have to be at minimum distribution age, and it goes, uh, it goes directly to the charity. Most institutions, um, Schwab, TD Ameritrade, insurance companies, what have you, there, there's a specific process that they will have that you want to make sure you follow. But that we've had clients that that has been a significant way that they, first of all, they wanted to be charitable and they have charities that they support, but also is it makes sure that their Medicare premiums do not go up. Now what you can do in addition to that is that you can do a one-time $50,000 qualified charitable distribution into a charitable remainder trust. I won't get into the specifics about that. There's certain tax benefits to doing that. So now you can do the $50,000 and the $100,000, by the way, into the qualified charitable distribution directly to the charity. That is now going to be indexed. It's basically held at $100,000 for over a decade. Now it's going to be indexed to inflation, so that amount can increase. A a very significant uh, opportunity there for those that want to. uh, They don't necessarily need their minimum distribution. And doing it in this way is much more beneficial than taking the money directly out of the IRA to myself. I've now taken constructive receipt of it, and I'm going to pay, let's say, the church. Now I can only take that as a deduction. There's limitations there. If it's a charitable um, distribution uh, directly to the institution, it never even comes into that play. So it's a lot more beneficial from a from a tax perspective. So those are just some of the highlights that I wanted to go over with regards to that. Again, the Secure Act 2.0 is kind of what it was called, was inputted into and part of that huge, almost $2 trillion uh, Appropriations Act that they passed at the end of the year. Again, certain uh, parts of this are going to go into effect. Some went into effect, uh, like the minimum distribution age, went into effect 1-1 of 23. This year, others are going to go in 24 and 25. So listen, the other thing I would tell you with regards to looking at the different types of accounts that you have, I've talked about this all the time, and unfortunately, um, I feel like I'm a broken record, but I am going to repeat it. The first of the year, it's a really good time making sure that first of all, you all your legal documents are up to date. Second is that the beneficiaries that you have listed on all of your financial instruments. What is that? Financial instruments, checking account, savings account, money market account, brokerage account, IRAs, 401ks, life insurance, annuities, all of that. It is so important that you make sure that that is up to date because remember, those beneficiary forms supersede the will. And um, a lot of times people will say, well, I don't have to worry about that because everything's in my will. Trust me, you do not want to go through or your, you don't want your heirs to have to go through that. So now's a good time to be 
looking at that. If you have any questions for us uh, with regards to the beneficiaries that you have on your accounts with us, please reach out to us, 610-719-3003. Listen, everyone, that's all I've got for you today. If you have a question or a scenario that you would like for us to address, all you got to do, email it over to info at smartmoneyquestions.com or Go to smartmoneyquestions.com. There's a little tab right there, Ask Matt a Question. It'll bring into our email here. If you would like to speak more privately, reach out, speakwithmatt.com. Right there is my online calendar. Schedule either a conference call, a Zoom call, or an in-person meeting. So listen, everyone, that's all I've got for today. Welcome to 2023, and we'll talk to you soon. Everybody, take care.